0: Many Americans have had enough. Over the past several days, a wave of protests has swept across the country, starting with the death of George Floyd, who died after former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin knelt on his neck during an arrest. San Diego joined that tableau as well. Protesters marched, calling for police reform. Our region is not immune from excessive force from police, a fact that many local organizers and leaders have been stressing for years. Today is Monday, June 1st. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Kate Morrissey, you covered the protests in downtown San Diego Sunday for most of the day. As with protests we've been seeing nationwide, the situation was fluid and it changed hour by hour. Kate, describe the first portion of the protests when the group was kind of moving around downtown, a lot more movement than later on.
1: Yeah, so we started at the Hall of Justice around 10 a.m. There was, I would say, at least 100 people there at 10 a.m., which was the the scheduled start of the protest, per the, the Facebook page. And then we pretty immediately started walking. Um, we moved up through Little Italy. We circled around to Harbor Drive. We came back through downtown um, at various different points the the group, which which grew very rapidly. There were people cutting across all kinds of streets to to get to to us and join the group. Um, But at at several points they paused, Um, they would circle up and and share stories about um, the experiences that that black men in the group had had with police, um, fears of of police that they had grown up with. One man talked about even being afraid of going to the grocery store because he he was worried um, as a black man how his his appearance would be be taken and, and what might happen to him as a result of that mm-hmm. um and so we would also pause at points and, and protesters would kneel um and have moments of silence and so it was sort of you know walking several blocks and we would pause and 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 have those moments and um the police uh were sort of they, would ha- they had the, the motorcycle brigades out sort of trying to direct the protesters to stay away from where the freeway entrances were. Um, and so we kept turning different ways, I think partially because someone decided we should go one way, um, partially in some moments I think because the, the protests uh, you know, against uh, police conduct uh, didn't want to be told exactly where to go by the police. And so I think sometimes we would take a turn because the police were expecting us to go another way. Um, and so we sort of wound all around uh, the streets of San Diego for a while. Um, we briefly passed by police headquarters. Um, we did not pause there for very long, maybe just a minute or two. Um, it, was, it was surrounded by police officers um, with all kinds of different gear. Um, and then shortly after that is when um, protesters reached the freeway so um, there's a freeway entrance at e um, to the five south and um, police had blocked off the road but there were a bunch of like bushes that were not not very thick like there's a lot of gaps in the bushes right mm-hmm. next to there mm-hmm. and so um, a number of people started to file through the bushes to get past the the police barricade onto the freeway. And once there was sort of enough momentum of people on the other side, it was like, well, what's the point in holding back the crowd? And so people just started to walk by even the the police who were there. Um, and we ended up being on, on both sides of the five. Um, briefly, I would say, um, I looked back at my uh, tweets cause I was live tweeting yesterday and the, the timestamps were, were sort of between 45 minutes and an hour from when I said we were getting on the freeway. And when I said I was getting off and I was uh, among the last, I, I was with the last of the protesters who moved off of the freeway. Um, and so I, I think that was probably about the, the time period. Um, and that was sort of, at the end of the the being on the freeway was sort of as things started to to change a little bit so in the the early part of the protest um, was led by this uh, this woman, and she had a couple of people with her, and they were all black and they were all you know being very um, eloquent in, in explaining to the crowd what they wanted to see, why why we were there um, And after we had gotten on the freeway, the crowd was not listening to them as much as they had been initially. And we ended up with several different splintered groups. Um, And so one group at first started to try and walk up the Coronado Bridge and realized that police had a giant barricade there and the organizers were yelling for them to come back. and, And so eventually they came back. And so the organizers had waited to make sure that those folks were okay and another chunk of the protest had already moved off of the freeway onto the exit, um, right by um, Chicano Park, and had started moving back to downtown. Um, and so then you had several different protests moving around in the downtown area. Um, and I believe several of those groups ended up back at the Hall of Justice, which is where um, things started to change more.
0: Mm hmm. So is the makeup of the crowd kind of the same during this portion of the protest or did it kind of change in, you know, diversity, be it age or gender or race?
1: I mean, I would say that the crowd was fairly diverse throughout the entire day. Um, you, I saw signs in the morning, um, you know, Filipinos in support of the black community, Latinos in support of the black community, um, and uh so i would say you know even from the beginning it was it was very diverse um but it was it was definitely um a little more structured in the beginning in in terms of who was making decisions about where where we went and how fast we walked and um after the freeway it was a little bit more Uh, free form with the different groups. And um, so, and, and of course it kept, it kept growing and, and, you know, some people would leave because they were hungry or tired or it was hot. Um, I know I saw some people struggling with the heat. I understand um, from the photographer on our, on our team who was there that there were people who had to seek medical attention because of the heat early in the day. Um, And so, you know, it was, it was constantly, you know, some people leaving, some people coming, but I would say it was pretty diverse throughout the day.
0: Mm -hmm. And during this portion, it seems that the police were mostly just trying to funnel people into certain parts of downtown, correct?
1: So You mean at the beginning of the day?
0: Yeah. The the first portion when they were still wandering.
1: Yeah. So they were using sort of a combination of the motorcycle brigades and then, um, Sort of lines of police with their batons just sort of like this um, in their hands uh, to block off certain roads. Um, in the beginning of the protest, police were also um, doing a lot to stop traffic to protect the protesters so that they could cross intersections safely. Um, once we came off the freeway, that was not happening. We were mixing in with the cars, no one was stopping cars for the protesters. Uh, and so, you know, that led to a couple of scary moments for, for the people who were walking uh, with impatient drivers who didn't have anybody telling them not to go other than, you know, watching the stream of people in front of them. Um, so that was, de- that was definitely um, a change in, in terms of what the police were doing after, after we came off the freeway. There was less, um, there was less blocking of traffic to, to allow the protesters to walk.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it does seem at that point, the kind of strategy of the police changed as there was this uh, standoff and Broadway. When you set the scene when, uh, you know, police try to contain the protest to that one area.
1: So I think to really understand what happened there, you have to rewind just a little bit, um, at least from what I witnessed. Right. And so I, I want to you know, put an asterisk on this, that the protest was very large and I could not be in every single place at the same time. So I'm going to do my best to explain what I saw yesterday. Um, what I saw was that a group had reached the hall of justice after, after coming back from the freeway and had circled up to have conversation and, and some sort of impromptu speeches, um, about feelings about um, police brutality towards towards the black community, other communities of color, um, and and we're, were sharing those stories. Um, there was a group of police who were in the shade by the newer federal court building that's across the street from the Hall of Justice, because you have the the two federal court buildings, there's the brick one and then sort of the the newer one. And so they were in the shade of the newer building. And the protesters all of a sudden noticed that they were there and when that happened they went over to the police and knelt surrounding them so the police are are in the shade of the building and they are completely surrounded by the protest and the protesters are kneeling and they're calling for the police to also kneel to show in some way that they they hear the concerns of the protesters about police conduct Um, The police did not kneel in that moment, and shortly after, uh, backup arrived at both ends of the block. And so we had, you know, squads of of police vehicles screeching up on on both sides. And when protesters heard that, uh, groups peeled off from this main group to go to where the police were arriving on each side and put their hands up and kneel before those police as well. And so as more police came on the scene, I went to the West End to watch what was happening there. And there was a line of police and a line of protesters sort of standing, facing each other. And there was one officer on the end who had been shoving one of the protesters and the protesters were telling the other officers, why are you letting him shove us? Um, And then one protester tried to walk through the line and was pushed back, and then I saw a water bottle go flying over everybody's heads and sort of land on the ground uh, beyond where the police were, and that was sort of how the beginning of, of tension began to escalate, from what I saw. And so from there, you had these these officers on each end of the block who were trying to push in. On the protest group to reach the officers who were at the building, and the officers at the building were trying to push out so that they weren't right up next to the building. And I heard um, one of the officers sort of giving his his group a pep talk before they went in to to do that, and it sounded very like going into battle, like like you're you're telling him like. Now, if anything happens to those guys in there, like that was what he was saying, saying to his officers. Um, and so that was, that was the energy that was put into the situation. Um, once that happened, you had the police starting to press in and um, many, many people ended up sort of scattering on the different side streets. Um, and then there was another large group at the other end on the east side of the block, sort of closer to uh, where the Sophia Hotel is. And the police began to turn their attention to that group and told all of us who were now behind them that we had to clear out of the area because munition was coming. Um, They wouldn't let the press stay or anybody. We were all equally cleared out of that. And so I walked around a couple of blocks to be able to come back and see what was happening at the Sophia hotel. And that was, um, that was when the, the, uh, sort of flashbangs and tear gas and, and all of that started to really get going.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was the point when they also declared an unlawful assembly, right?
1: Well, so that's an interesting, um, note of the day because I was there the entire time and I never actually heard them say that. I was told by my colleague who was messaging me that she had seen on social media, they were declaring that, but I never heard them say it. I understand that there, there were some people in the crowd who did hear an order to disperse, but I don't think it was, was loudly communicated enough that even everybody in the crowd could hear that order. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I didn't hear it and I was right there. Um, mm-hmm. There were, as far as when it was communicated to me from from my colleague Lindsay Winkley that there was this 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 command and this order, there were things that were fired before that. So it wasn't like the order came and then they started shooting the the different. Uh, I'm not even sure what what phrase to use to describe all of those things. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, but there mm-hmm. were there were definitely several of those things fired before the order was, was official.
0: Mm -hmm. And what was it like inside of the crowd once police started using flashbangs, tear gas and rubber bullets?
1: So you saw people, um, really trying to check on each other, people passing around water bottles, bottles of milk to try and wash the, the tear gas from their faces. Um, people checking on on anybody who'd gotten hurt. I saw um, a woman who had a giant welt in her forehead that was probably at least this big um, who had been struck in the head with um, whatever it was that they were firing. I'm still not sure exactly what kind of, of uh, bullet it was that they were firing. Um, but she had been struck in the head. Um, but yeah, people were really really trying to uh, look out for each other, you know, uh, whenever they started launching these different things, uh, most of the crowd would run away. And I saw even in an instance, somebody fell and could have easily been run over by other people in the crowd, but people stopped and helped the person back up and kept running. Um, So there was definitely that um, looking out for each other aspect of it, Um, you know, and it definitely... I think gave gave fuel to to their what they were what they were trying to to say as protesters. You know, they were they continued to yell, they continued to chant, they continued to to be there. And so, you know, the the launches of these different things would happen, and people would sort of scatter for a second, and then come back and and face off with the police again. Um, there was a moment sort of later in the standoff where all of a sudden I heard the crowd cheering and then I saw the police begin to back up and they actually because they had taken from from first avenue all the way to second avenue and through the intersection they had pushed the protesters back that far and then um, they backed up so that the protest could move back into that intersection at second avenue Um, and we were there for a while and then that was when all of a sudden the protest turned and decided we're going to leave the police behind here and we're going to go somewhere else. And so the whole march uh, just sort of left the police where they were. And I, I remember because we we went down second and then turned down C and we're walking through the trolley and people actually guided the group because there was a trolley trying to pass through. So people guided the group to keep it out, keep everyone out of the way of the trolley. And we passed the um, we passed a police battalion that had that was blocking another uh, street to t- sort of on the on the flanks of where the police were operating. And some of the officers looked a little bit confused <laughs> as we went by because I don't think they were expecting expecting the protests to do that. And so we walked then to the county administration building building. Um, and sort of just left the whole situation of what was happening with the police. Mm-hmm.
0: Also, um, the night before these protests on Saturday, there was much more destruction in La Mesa. Several buildings were torched, uh, looting as well. Do you think that, that those events kind of colored what you saw on Sunday?
1: Um, so what I can say is that among the organizers in the morning especially there were calls to not participate in that kind of behavior there were there were calls to to stay peaceful Um, there were a couple of instances in the afternoon that i know of where someone um, started trying to you know get into a building Um, i think there was a, a bank in particular Um, that I wasn't right next to, but I saw the crowd sort of reacting to something over there. And um, Taryn Mento with KPBS, I think was actually there and and was watching closely. And I talked with some of the folks later um, who had been there. And it sounds like one person was trying to, you know, bust in into the bank and the crowd very immediately sort of reprimanded that person and told them to leave. they were like, we don't want you here. We don't want that here. Um, You know, there was... There was some graffitiing going on uh, throughout the afternoon on some of the different uh sort of windows and storefronts and things along that stretch um but other than that, I didn't see i did i i you know really only saw people trying to check anyone who was who was trying to take it in that direction
0: hmm and it does seem like any vandalism and looting that happened yesterday was mostly late at night, you know, at the end of the protest. And, uh, you know, when things were kind of different. So when let's get back to what exactly was going on at the county building, explain that phase of the protest.
1: Yeah, so um, I was sort of in the middle of of the group at that point. So I didn't arrive with with the first folks. But what I know is that as the people I was with reached around the side of the county building to the side that faces the waterfront where we've seen a lot of different, you know, protests and demonstrations about a bunch of issues happen, um, everyone was kneeling. And so very quickly, they quieted the people who were still arriving. Everyone knelt. And um, from the timestamps on my tweets, the the amount that I witnessed was at least six minutes of of complete silence, like so quiet you could hear the wind in the palm trees and you could hear the birds. And it was at least a thousand people in this, in this group and they were being that quiet. And so that was, um, uh, that was a pretty big impression, you know, to go from where we were just in downtown facing tear gas. And then all of a sudden we're in front of the County building and this entire group of people is being absolutely silent for, for that much time.
0: Hmm. And, uh, Finally, protests are inherently messy. It's confusing on the ground and the information that gets out live can be wrong, especially, you know, people listening to scanners. Pile on top of that, social media algorithms are messing up what we see from people posting. After your experience yesterday and as this nation, you know, goes into further protests, what would you say to people to better understand these protests as they're happening?
1: I mean, just in, if you're just looking for a what's going on level of understanding, um I would say, you know, it's regardless of of, of the topic, uh, diversifying your sources, fact checking your sources, making sure that you're getting information from people on the ground and that it's multiple people um is gonna help you have a better sense of what is what is actually happening. Um I'm sure there were things that happened yesterday that I did not see that were very significant for the people who saw them. Um you know, and I hope those stories continue to come out. I think it's important to recognize that these things are still being reported. it's It's you know what was reported yesterday in the moment is sort of the first draft of our, our of our understanding of of everything that was happening. And um, we need to continue to do that work to keep talking to people and and fact checking. and so i would I would encourage people trying to understand to do the same themselves as much as they can. Um, yeah, just try to try to listen.
0: hmm, certainly, we're in a very confusing time with these protests and of course covid nineteen so getting as much diverse information is probably the best thing you can do in these very confusing times. Yes, all right, Kate Morrissey. Thank you so Thank you in other news. Monday afternoon saw another protest in San Diego, this one led by youth. The march kicked off around noon at the San Diego City College. Demonstrators marched down B Street and Park Boulevard to the parking lot of the San Diego Zoo, which remains closed due to the coronavirus. During the county's coronavirus briefing, Supervisor Nathan Fletcher addressed the protests, sympathizing with peaceful protesters and condemning some of the property damage and violence seen over the weekend. And in the nation's capital, federal and local police broke up a peaceful protest near the White House as President Donald Trump announced he would deploy the military to quell some of the violence seen over the past several days. If mayors and governors do not use the military, Trump threatened to deploy troops there. Locally, San Diego police announced they would end the use of the cardioid restraint, which is a restraint that can turn into a chokehold if not performed correctly. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union-Tribune is dedicated to bringing you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips, wherever and whenever you want, if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.